This podcast is presented by 323 Entertainment. You can find this show and more wherever you stream podcasts and music. And while you're there, please follow, rate, and review. And if you want to help us continue to grow and get better while also getting exclusive releases and free merch, please support the 323 on Patreon at patreon.com slash 323read. You can subscribe for as little as $2. $2! That's patreon.com slash 323read, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 323-R-E-I-D. find bottles of maple of aunt jemima maple syrup like on ebay <laughs> that's a good question let's look that up it's probably on truth right social well according to sam's club i can get it at sam's club no really they must not have updated their picture no nah, it's in no nah, i clicked on the link and went right to pearl milling company ah. fuck them oh speaking you'll 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 think this is interesting being a retail person um would you be shocked to know if if I told you that Pepsi discontinued Sierra Mist this week? No. You know why I wouldn't be surprised? Because Did you see the new SKU? I, I tried the new drink. I tried... New, uh, what is Starry it? or Starry. what? Starry. I tried Starry because I was looking for a Sprite to make a, uh, you know, Crown Apple, Crown Apple Ooh. Sprite with. And right? I saw Starry there. I was like, hmm. What the fuck is this? Lemon lime, <laughs> I guess. It's like the same thing. It tastes exactly right. like Sprite. He's like Sprite and Sierra Mist, but apparently it's it's Sierra Mist for the TikTok generation. I don't know. How. I saw no because I so I I saw it. What's today? Today is Tuesday. So I saw it randomly yesterday while I was working, but I didn't really think of anything of it because I thought it was just some random brand that Pepsi was peddling again. But then this morning I was in a Walmart in Richmond and there's a whole fucking pallet of 12 packs in the ground. I'm like, what is this? Like, what is this? So I Googled it. And that's when I found out this morning that Sierra Mist is no longer a thing. That's crazy. I was like, huh? Huh? Interesting. And just out of nowhere. And there was no, no funeral service. Nothing. I didn't see nothing. No, I didn't see any announcements, anything, nothing on like Facebook or anything like that about Sierra Mist. Would you like to eulogize them? No, oh, fuck Sierra <laughs> Uh To close the loop, I did look up Aunt Jemima on eBay. And right. goddamn, <laughs> some weird shit doesn't come up immediately. The first thing oh, that comes no. up, the American South, slave in a box. The strange career <laughs> of Aunt Jemima. It's a book. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the next one, Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, and Rastus. Blacks and yeah, adver- bring Uncle Ben back. Blacks, fuck? And, blacks and advertising yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And then 1954's Aunt Jemima's Magical Recipes. And then another book of racism in American popular media from Aunt Jemima to the Frito. How is the Frito racist? Oh my God, I just see the slave in a box book. Oh my God, it's $5. I might buy it. Buy it, <laughs> buy it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> how, this is great. how are Fritos racist? Wait, is this Frito? Where are you looking? Where you see the there's Fritos a, one? There's a book called Racism in American Popular Media, Media from Aunt Jemima to the Frito. Oh, that's the full name? Aunt Jemima to the... Wait, what? I didn't know that there was a Frito mascot. Frito ban- oh, Frito Bandito. Yes. The Frito Bandito. Yes. Oof. It's up there with like Speedy Gonzalez. 
But even Speedy Gonzalez, I don't think, was that bad. Speedy Gonzalez, Speedy Gonzalez kind of got like a bad rep there at the end, but a lot of there were a lot of people, a lot of like especially Mexican comedians trying to defend Speedy Gonzalez. They loved him. Yeah. Frito Bandito, I don't think anybody likes. Poor Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben getting shot and killed no matter what race he is. Right. Well, oh, Reed. <laughs> what's Ra- what's Rastus? I've never even heard of that. I don't know what Rastus is. But let's look it up. Let's deep dive into the history of racism and corporate media. Rastus has been used as a stereotypical, often derogatory name for black men, at least since 1880, when Joel Chandler Harris included a black deacon named Briar Rastus in the first Uncle Remus book. Rastus, the cream of wheat chef. Huh. Oh. Wait a second. Oh, the, okay. It is a black guy on the cream of wheat box. That's right. Oof, yeah. And now that I think about good. it, they did, they did remove him from that box. Now that I'm looking at it, yeah, I I'm didn't even know they removed him from the box. Yeah. What's this thing say? Maybe cream of wheat ain't got no vitamins. I don't know what them things is. If they bugs, they ain't in none in cream of wheat, but she's so good to eat and cheat. The awesome. fuck? <laughs> the fuck? See, our, our, see, with all of this happening now, do you think we're starting to slowly go to the point to where we're not going to have any spokespeople for boxes? Like, do you like do you see the Quaker Oats guy going away? No, you know what? I think cereal got it right of just going with your Toucan Sams with your Tony the Tony Tigers, the Tigers going with animals. You can't really go wrong. We we see that in the NFL, <laughs> like the animal the animal teams. They don't have any problems, but then you get to the Chiefs and the former Redskins, mm-hmm. and you have issues when you put in people. Uh, yeah. I think like any mascots, because then like the butter, what's the uh, what's the oh butter? Land of Lakes, Land, the Land of Lakes butter, which I've always found funny because mm-hmm. what is it? <laughs> what happened? We took the Native American off and we kept we the kept land. their land. We kept <laughs> land on the box. <laughs> That's how it works. American well, like his- American to- history brought to you by butter. <laughs> Well, it's like, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, so I'm trying to think of other brands now that my head's spiraling about different brands that are out there that have people on it. Yeah. Chef Boyardee. Do you think the chef's ever going to go anywhere? I don't, I haven't heard anything about the chef yet. I don't know, but you know, Chef Boyardee could be, maybe he's been, you know, sexually harassing people or something. He's been, maybe. he's been dead for a long time. I mean, Chef Boyardee, what is Chef, what is Chef Boyardee's ethnicity? Like he's Italian. He's Italian. Mm-hmm. Oh, he could have said some real racist shit at some point. He's, oh, he a hundred percent said racist. He's an oh. old Italian dude. <laughs> he was born in 1897 and died in 1985. He one thousand percent said some unsavory, spicy things. He said some bad shit to Rastus oh. and Aunt Jemima. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the Quaker Oats guy, which I don't think he said a bad thing about anybody ever in his day in his life no. being a Quaker. I mean, you look at the uh, uh, KFC, the the. Uh, the Colonel. Right, Colonel Sanders. I mean, you think of Colonel everything. Sometimes you say the Colonel, and I'm thinking of the dude from, you know, Elvis, everything, but he's, he looks racist. He's from Kentucky in the, you know, 50s, 40s, or anything. No offense to people from Kentucky, mm. but I mean. <laughs> No, it's like when we it's like when we talked about it was me, you and Zoo. We were talking about the uh, the Jerry Jones picture that came out when he was in high school. Uh-huh. It's like the hair, the haircut just looks racist. Like it's just. 
Oh my god. The Michelin uh, man. The Michelin man. Oh god. It's actually it's actually a clan costume. I'm gonna go through my I'm gonna go through my refrigerator and my cupboard and just see who I have in there now. Ronald McDonald. Oh, I just looked at that. What if it De- what if it's pedophile? Pedophile. Oh yeah, it could be, yeah. The hamburglar. Pedophile. The Burger King King. Pedophile. Little Caesar. Oh. He's he's harbored fugitives. The Noid from Domino's, he's definitely. Oh, oh God. Noid is touching everybody. Oh, he's diddling everybody. Wendy. 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 She's got her only she has an OnlyFans. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Lily from AT&T. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh, the, the planter's taco, peanut. The Taco Bell Chihuahua. I forgot about that one. I haven't seen him in a while. Oh yeah, he. I think he must have been the first to go. Had to be. They got ahead of that one. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of Ronald McDonald. He is one creepy fuck. You know what? Every all the all the McDonald characters look like look like little pedos. I, Gr- Grimace? Grimace. They all look like oh, one. Grimaces. Yeah. No, Grimace is on SVU. They just look like they're but they just a bunch on Reddit or 4chan. Gordon's fisherman has probably said some awful shit. Oh, the salty sailor out on the boat catching fish all day. Big boy, hundred percent. Big boys, big boy sexist. <laughs> I didn't know the Pringles mascot had a name. What's his name? Julius. Julius Pringle. Like he looks, he looks very white. On this, but I don't know. What? Julius Pringle. Like, I'm thinking. Julius Pringle. I'm thinking like Byron Pringle's dad. Huh. Interesting. Like the Keebler Keebler elves? (laughs) What's his name? Ernie? Ernie. What? Did something happen recently with Snap, Crackle, and Pop? Like, didn't they come out like being like trans or something? What? <laughs> Something recently happened with Snapcraft. I swear, unless I'm having like a really bad moment, like I could have sworn something came down about Snap Crackle and Pop recently. My pronouns are Snap Crackle and Pop. <laughs> I have to look that up. CNN did not publish story on gender of Rice Krispies mascot. Yes, that's where I, yeah, it's on CNN. The, yeah, CNN. Factor, yeah, the factor clip. fiction, Kellogg's mascot to become trans woman. <laughs> that's what it was. Okay, yeah. Okay, I knew I wasn't going crazy having a fever dream. <laughs> it said Pop was supposed to become, Pop was coming out as trans. And they put the picture. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going crazy. That's the thing. Cause like when I thought about it, I was like, I shouldn't talk about this. There's no way this is real. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good titles for this episode now. <laughs> My pronouns are snap, crackle, and pop. <laughs> just don't even put and just put snap slash crackle crack- slash pop. <laughs> uh, Zoom missed a good one. Oh, poor Zoo. I hope he doesn't hurt his shoulder out there in space. I hope not. So, for the audience just joining us, and this will be especially for the video crowd, you can go to the 323 Network on YouTube. By the way, this is the 323. 
I'm your host, Reed Murphy. That's Scott Elia down there. Hi. Video crew repping FSU right in your face. Yep. Don't forget it. But this is especially for the video crew, but it's going to be enjoyable to the listening audience as well. Scott, I discovered, and I think you discovered too, there is a competition called Miss World. There's way too many of these beauty pageants. There's too many. I don't know between, I think there's Miss Universe, Miss America, uh, Miss USA, probably. Miss Universe. Yeah, Miss Universe, Miss World, or World, World, Miss World, something. There's too many of these fucking things. I don't know which one Steve Harvey hosts or if he hosts all of them or if hosts none of them anymore. But this is a clip that went very viral from the latest Miss World tournament of all the countries introducing themselves for some reason, very loudly screaming at us where they're coming from. And I think that's how we should do our intros from now on when we do the show. It's getting out of hand. What the hell was that at the end? I don't. I couldn't tell you. France. If it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for the fucking uh, sachet or whatever on her, I would never be able to tell that she was screaming France. Well, <laughs> well. See, what needed to happen is that the France girl and the Canadian chick have to get together. The Canadian girl came up there with absolutely zero emotion. Nothing. It's like, <laughs> nothing. It's like she didn't see all the people ahead of her. <laughs> nothing but then and then china comes in china's a good china dominican republic she was ready she was ready to fight right there yep and then france looked like she got stabbed by dominican republic <laughs> terrifying <laughs> oh my god what do you think jeff Brom? well let me answer let me answer that question by asking you two questions one is this or is this not the xfl yes it is Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Mark Sinclair for that lovely intro. Every hangover. This is the Sunday hangover on a Tuesday that'll air on a Wednesday. 
to recap mostly of what happened on a Monday that didn't really happen that much. Holy shit. The national championship was rough. Told you. <laughs> but there's still stuff to talk about with it. There's still stuff to talk about from NFL Week 18. A lot of stuff to talk about from NFL Week 18. Scott Elia joining as always. Good to see you, buddy. How are you? You too. I am doing fantastic. I miss Zoo. I hope Zoo's doing well in the ether that he's found himself in with Griffin. I I don't know. I think he went to go find Griffin. It could have been. It's a rescue mission. I would tell him it's pretty hard to find him. I mean, sometimes we found him right here. <laughs> hey, <laughs> God, he was so drunk out in space. Well, if I can do anything but to fill fill the void that has been left now that the disappearance of Zoo has happened, to take up his mantle as the just the the the, the harbinger of death to this show, <laughs> and how someone always dies whenever we do a recording. <laughs> I would like to break the news that Constantine, the last king of Greece, is dead at eighty two. Oh my God! Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. It just happened. just came down. Breaking news: the last king of Greece. Wow. I thought you were going to say, like, Constantine from, like, the movie Constantine. I was thinking, I was like, wasn't that Keanu Reeves? Oh, no, no. If it was Keanu <laughs> Reeves, I'd be a lot more distraught. Oh, that would be way too much. <laughs> oh, shit, and I got to check. I don't even see the news about Constantine. I just see the news about some, uh, one of the highest-ranking officials in the Catholic Church getting arrested for, you know, diddling kids on his Deshaun Watson. Shocker. Yeah. Shocker. Big shock. <laughs> big, shock. Big shock. <laughs> and uh, Keanu's fine. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Get the cheers. Well, getting away from John Wick, we have plenty of stuff to talk about that we need to get into football-wise. Again, this is the Sunday hangover. We are we are finally doing this because we've just been so sick and hungover from the overwhelming amount of football from this past weekend. And we're about to get a lot more with playoff week. I keep forgetting about it, that it's super wild card weekend now. Mm-hmm. So now we have... Sunday night game. We have two games on on Saturday, three games Sunday, and then a Monday night game. You're Jeez. you get the Monday night game actually. Yeah, Monday night. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it anymore. But before we get into the pros, I want to go to college and the national championship game. You are our college football expert, so I will go to you with your thoughts from this national championship game, Georgia. They have won it now two years in a row. They beat TCU. A lot of people argued. A lot of people were saying TCU doesn't belong there. And then other people were saying TCU will show you. TCU is going to get the upset in this. And then others were saying, no, you're going to watch. Watch. They're going to get blown out. And all the believers came in. Mattress Mac put $3.1 million down on TCU <laughs> to win. People were hyped. And in the end, Georgia wins 65-7. to the largest <gasps> margin of victory in a championship game. <laughs> Most points now, scored in the championship game. That Insane. game was wild. Was no, rough. we talked about that. We talked about that last week with how great the two New Year's Eve games were. Yeah. There was no way I was going to hold up to this. You know, if anything, this just shows how much Michigan botched that game. It's awful. And they, yeah. they, they played so bad. But, you know, TCU, they definitely deserve to be there. You know, they did what they needed to do throughout the season. You know, they they kept on winning. You know, they dropped a couple of games here and there. You know, they they beat Michigan in the semifinal to get to the finals with Georgia. But, you know, Georgia is just way too powerful. Way too powerful. Yeah. Well, because Nick Wait. Saban was there at the game and he was part of the game day crew for the night, 
which he does when he's not in the championship. He's like, fuck it, I can do TV. <laughs> fuck all of you. I'll show you I'm going to do something. You're going to see my face. Do you think that he was smiling the whole time and thinking? It's like, I tried to tell all of you when I was coming up like Dr. Evil the week before the <laughs> the playoff selection that Alabama should have been thrown in there. Oh, yeah, he definitely was enjoying that. But, I mean, even, even Alabama this season was being very, sus- like, suspect playing. You know, I don't know if they would have been – they would have beaten Georgia, but I, I'm fairly confident they would have been a lot more competitive than only putting up seven points. Well, yeah, because, I mean, everybody... Look, we all love Cinderella stories. We all love, you know, the David versus Goliath stories in sports. But this is the type of shit that shows why David and David versus Goliath... David is a Hall of Famer because he got that one. Because usually, the most of the time... Goliath is going to fuck anybody else up. Mm-hmm. TCU was not David in this. TCU was Mm-mm. Ben or whoever the hell got the shit kicked out of him by Goliath before him. Mm. I will ask you now, is Georgia now undeniably the greatest force in college football? Are they the team to beat? Are they the King's dynasty now? And how do they compare to Alabama through the Saban reign? Yeah, I mean, well, I still think they still got a, a couple years to go before they can get to the Saban kind of threshold. I think he still has the greatest dynasty ever in college football at this point in time. But no, Al- Georgia's definitely – but J- what is – an ad started playing in my ear. My bad. It threw off, it threw, it threw, it threw off my, uh, my rhythm. The ads just that cut. we don't have. Just go ahead and Just right. go ahead and throw them out there so they'll be our ad now. What's the ad for? Oh, it was for what? What is this? Pizza melts? Was it Pizza Hut? Pizza. Oh, Pizza the, Hut the melts. Pizza, yeah, the, the Pizza, Pizza Hut, Hut melts. melts. Yeah. Oh, I love Pizza Hut melts. And yeah, let me it tell scared you, folks, me. Let me tell you, folks. You go to Pizza Hut, <laughs> put in the code read R E I D for free pizza melts. And if they argue with it, tell them to come find us, and we can put us on the uh, you know put an ad on the show. Fact. I like Back. pizza melts. I haven't had them, but I like them. I could sell them for you. They're some of the most oh. delicious. They melt right in your mouth. Not Burn, sponsored. Burn, not sponsored. You're welcome. Yeah. We're not even, you're not even getting paid for that. You're welcome, Pizza Hut. <laughs> but no, going back, Georgia is definitely the powerhouse as it stands right now. I mean, I think in the way too early rankings for next season, they're clearly the number one. They're returning six on both sides of the ball. But I mean, they're losing Stetson Bennett, the resident AARP card holder of that team i mean he was he's 25 out there playing with children <laughs> he's the tom brady of college football he put and up 300 yards and four touchdowns like he's just he's just killing it but no i mean they're still returning a bunch of players on both sides of the ball you know i have some really cool key additions coming in um and i still i am agreeing with espn in the way too early rankings and having alabama only at number five not even in the top four. Wow. Would you like to know who's in that top four for ESPN? I do. Yeah, who is? As as no surprise, Georgia's number one. Oh. Ohio State number two. Ohio State number two. Michigan Wolverines number three. And like I said, Alabama's at number five. Who could possibly be at number four in the way too early rankings? Oof. I'm trying to think of the end of this season now. Okay, so wait. You said Georgia was number one. Uh, who was number two? Ohio State. Ohio State two, Michigan three. Michigan three, Alabama five. Uh, I'm going. Who do to... you think jumped Alabama to four? Oh, uh, 
Uh, oh, it has to be a weird team. It has to be somebody. Uh, USC. No, USC is is coming in at number seven, and they're way too early rankings in ESPN. Wow. wow. Who is it? Florida State. What? Florida State is coming in at number four overall way too early. How? Listen, we're returning seven on offense. We're returning nine on defense. We're getting all these pickups and key additions coming in. You know, I got Jaheim Bell, the tight end from for South Carolina. You know, you got Fentrell Cypress from UVA. You got number, the five-star Hakeem Williams coming in. Um, and then we're returning pretty much everyone on offense. You know, Jordan Travis is coming back. Um, we got... Uh, Jared Verse announced he's coming back with Fabian Lovett. Like, it's just going to be just reloading and coming back out there again. Wow. University of Miami fans are in shambles. Good. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought up the savvy veteran. Stetson Bennett the fourth. That is not the name of a two-time national champ, two-time no. consecutive championship winner. That is the name of a two-time um year worth of sales for a car dealership <laughs> he's gonna have a, a string of chevrolet dealerships all around georgia he's that's the name of a two-time accountant of the year winner from his, it. from his daddy's firm from yes. stetson bennett the third's firm bennett and sons i want to ask you stetson bennett the fourth 25 years old he's older than i think i think the stat was five starting quarterbacks in this year's nfl playoffs that's how he's older than them or the same age Stetson Bennett the fourth. I have not seen too much about him in terms of the draft, but do you think one, do you think that he will get drafted at all? And do you think that he could be a Brock Purdy type in the NFL? Or is he just one of these great college quarterbacks that's destined for the XFL? Um, to answer your first question, will he get drafted? Yes. It'll probably be a later round pick. Yeah. Um, and two, will he amount to anything? No, he reminds me a lot of Brandon Whedon coming out of Oklahoma State, another geriatric quarterback when he was playing it's college one who, ball. It's one who I thought was going to be a Hall of Famer. I was hoping oh, Washington God. was going to buy. Was gonna oh, buy him. God. <laughs> I was wondering, uh, I was like, why the hell are we trading up for RG3? We could stay back and get Brandon Whedon. <sighs> Well, because Brandon, Brandon Weeding, I think he was like 27 or 28 when he got drafted. So, yeah. like, he was damn near <laughs> past his prime at 28. But, no, I mean, Stetson Bennett, I think it, it's a really cool story of how long he's been able to play this long in college football. I mean, five quarterbacks in the playoffs right now have all are younger than him, and they're already in the NFL making these playoff runs. So. Yep. No, I, I don't think he's going to really amount to anything. And he's somebody that he outlasted several other great quarterbacks there at uh, Georgia. I know he got he got Joe Burrow booted, and I believe Justin Fields was the other one. Justin Fields, I think that was his commit as a rookie. Yep. Or as a uh, freshman, and then left after the first year because nobody's beaten out Stetson Bennett the fourth. Beat out JT yep. Daniels, who was highly coveted for a little while, and then that fell off. Um. When it comes to that, somebody that's won, Stetson Bennett has won two championships in a row now. And I know a lot of the, I know a lot of the casual audience will ask, I've been asked several times, like, why did, you know, if this quarterback was so great in college, won the Heisman and everything, got drafted number one, how does he suck? And there are plenty of things to go with that. But then you have, I want to ask you what makes some college quarterbacks who are just like purely great in college, winning championships contending with these top tier teams and then their shit in the NFL, or they even go like undrafted or in the sixth or seventh round. And I'm talking about guys like what Stetson Bennett, the fourth is going to be 
uh, JT Barrett, who I thought was really great in college. And then it like no NFL scout, every NFL scout saw what that was going to be. AJ McCarron was, you know, a great starter for Alabama and kind of started off the, you know, the run on quarterbacks for Bama. What is it that makes a, co- a quarterback purely great for college and will never amount to anything in the pros? Uh, because more times than not college, you can dominate sure, sheerly off athleticism and skill. And then of course, all the players around you, you know, like at Georgia, it's a bunch of five stars playing with a bunch of five stars. You know, it's, it's a lot, it's cream of the crop playing together. Whereas the NFL, you have a lot of these players who, you know, came from really renowned power five programs and you have people who come in from D2, D3. I think the two things that really play into translating your, athleticism your skill from college to the pros is adaptability and coachability if you can't do either one of those two things or both you're not going to last long in the nfl i mean you see that with like high level players because i'm thinking of like like Jameis winston Jameis winston's one of the best mm-hmm. college football quarterbacks i've ever seen and he's just kind of mid in the nfl he just has mm-hmm. not caught on uh it's crazy how that works so overall the college football season's over now what are your final thoughts? Your final thoughts and it was a great season. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Now, this is definitely one of the more exciting college football seasons I've witnessed in the last couple of years. I guess selfishly based off of Florida State's success this year. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen next year, especially with like I was talking about a lot of those other teams that are just reloading and for next year, it's going to be still exciting. Well, one school that's reloading. I'm is, not talking. Don't you say that name. This, this is slightly unrelated. No, I'm not going to say who you're thinking of. That's I, okay. I promise it's not who you're thinking. <laughs> this is slightly unrelated. But do you know you know the Popeyes meme kid, the kid like the little black kid that looks like Terry. Oh, little Terry. Yeah, yeah. He's giving the side eyes while drinking yeah. the drink from Popeyes. That's like my that's my go to awkward gif. Guess what? What he is a D two football player now. You want to feel old. Yeah. According to SB Nation, his name is Darrenus Collin. He was a first team all conference, all county, and all division selection in just his one year as a letter winner at East Orange High School. He also was on the track and field team. And now he's an O lineman at Lake Erie College. And he's doing really well. And what? He, he went really silent about this, and now everybody's pushing for him to get an NIL deal. Like he should, he should absolutely from have an NIL deal from Popeyes. <laughs> he re- they remake the whole uniform. thing for a commercial. Yeah, be in the Lake Erie <laughs> uniform and just like getting Popeye. Yeah, he should absolutely have that. So we at the three two three, we're pushing for you, Durnus or Durnist, however you pronounce it. Popeyes, excuse you. <laughs> what do you mean how you pro- how you pronounce how- it? Okay. <laughs> I'll play. Rise up, baby. <laughs> you should have an NIL deal. If you don't get one from Popeyes, then damn it, the three two three will offer you one. We'll give you twenty dollars, and we'll buy you Popeyes like twice every month. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> I would Venmo him twenty bucks every month. Yeah, so we have to do the spot. We got you, dude. We got you. We'll reach out somehow. We'll tag you and shit, just like we do with Calvin Ridley, but he never responds, or he does, and he's prepping legal treatment against us. Rip. Moving on to the NFL. Oof. What a week. Week 18. The regular season is in the books, and while Zoo is not here, 
Zahir Ali, massive Commanders fan. I'm wearing my Commanders shit right now, but he is the real, true superstar fan. Zoo cannot be here. He's recovering from space trips, trying to rescue Griffin and all. He still has thoughts. So we're going to go to the first ever Commandalorian voicemail. This is the way to your Washington Commanders update. Now here's the Commandalorian himself. Zahair Ali. Okay, we have a message from space, from the hospital in space. Zahair Ali, his thoughts on the recent firing of offensive coordinator Scott Turner, which is one of the biggest pieces of news Commanders fans could have hoped for. It was, besides... The eventual, you know, firing of Dan, or not firing, but selling of the team by Dan Snyder. Scott Turner getting fired was something we all needed. So I'm turning to the phone here in true professional quality of holding the phone up to the mic. Zoo, your thoughts. I was listening to the Commander's Declassified podcast about, like, they talked about how Scott, like, couldn't hit his potential because they were the right quarterback and this and that. But then, like based off this year, it made them, like, think back on the other quarterbacks, like, how viable, like, how important Alex Smith was to us because he actually had the ability to mentally think about what work, what would work and what wouldn't work in the situations. And he was actually smart enough to, like, make the adjustments on the line. But it's like you think about Dwayne Haskins and um, Carson Wentz and, you know, Heineken and stuff like that, like... How much were they actually limited by Scott Turner's inferiority? Pain meds made him peter out there a little bit at the end. Mm-hmm. That, that gas for air. <sighs> Poor Zoo. Poor Zoo. But he's got a point in talking about all these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Commanders beat the Dallas Cowboys 26-6 to on Sunday with Sam Howe starting at quarterback. And I would like to nominate him, not for starting quarterback, Scott. I want to nominate him for president of the United States. What a performance. First pass. How RG3 like? First pass is going to be an NFL touchdown. Crazy. It was, you know, like 20 yards for, you know, 20 yards and Terry McLaurin did most of the work. But still, Sam Howe looked overall all right in that game. If he's not for president, at least for Speaker of the House. (laughs) You saw that asshole got in. Kevin McCarthy got the job. Yeah, I was, in the I pro- was just about to. In, yeah, the, in the process, he got uh, somebody almost got jumped by another congressman. I'm here for all the tea. I will sit back and watch all of it. I wish it was going to go on a little bit longer. Needs a documentary. But mm. as we're continuing to go through the week, we had to go back to the Monday night before and an update on Damar Hamlin. Damar Hamlin. Congrats to him. Discharged from the hospital, headed back to Buffalo and to be, you know, taken care of by Buffalo doctors and his family. Mm-hmm. Very happy to see him back. He was hype as shit during the game on Sunday, which was mm-hmm. like, it was storybook to the point where it was almost sus that the Bills, as soon as they come out, get a kickoff return for a touchdown. The first time, while they're all wearing number three patches for DeMar, Haml- DeMar Hamlin, First time in three years and three months that they get a return touchdown. 
insane. And then they did it twice. It would have been it would have been rigged if they got a third one and they had to make <laughs> sure that it wasn't going to happen. But as we continue to go off of that, there was a report. I don't know if you saw this last night, Scott, by ESPN's Don Van Nata Jr. that it's come out that the NFL did, in fact, want to keep the Bills-Bengals game going. And they had no true intention of postponing it, let alone canceling it. It was the Bills and Bengals, their coaching staff and their and their uh, captains who canceled the game and refused to go. All this, all this to vindicate Monday Night Football play-by-play man Joe Buck and show that the NFL didn't have to go to so much trouble lying. All they could have just said mm-hmm. was, we don't know what to do here. This is, right. this is new protocol for us. But not to stray too far, but also into a subject that we've talked about. This also feels like a big non-story. Like, who really cares? Because, you know, the game's canceled now. We figured everything out. The NFL, they didn't know what they were doing at the moment. This feels like something that's getting pushed extra by ESPN to mm-hmm. uh, kind of talk over the Dana White situation. Right. But maybe I'm just feeling conspiratorial. No, no. <laughs> it, it gives, because, I mean, you got to think about what what else is really going on right now. You know, there's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really quiet. I mean, there's nothing going on in basketball that I know of. I haven't seen anything. Apparently um, the Mets are really good and I won't, I won't, I won't know anything about the NBA for like another month. No, no. <laughs> and now that now college football is over and I don't have to take up so much energy and time of my day looking at that, maybe I'll start diving a little bit more yep. into, into basketball, but no, I mean, there's nothing really else going on, but like you said, I mean, that they're going to do everything they can to not shine the light on the cockroach that is Dana White right now. They're going to do everything they can not to talk about it. Everything. So moving from him, because we'll get to him very soon on the next show, I'm sure. And we'll talk more extensively about it. But I want to get to disappointment from the season. Because the Tennessee Titans on Saturday night, woof. There were some woof games to get into the playoffs. Between mm-hmm. that between that one against the Jaguars and then that Jets-Dolphins game, which I will get to in a second. But woof, woof. The Titans, they looked like a true championship contender for a few years, but they finished awfully this year. And they were they were winless against teams with winning records. I want to ask, is the window closed for them, or is there something that they could do to get back to it next year? No, I don't see anything that they can do to really get back into it. Because we gotta think about how what division they're in, you know, they're in the AFC South. You have the Jaguars on an upturn. Um, you have the Colts who still have a very good defense and Jonathan Taylor on the other side of the ball. I think they're just a quarterback away and a competent coach away from being competitive. Um, and then you have the Texans are just cannon fodder at this point. Who knows what's going to go on in, 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 in Houston, but no, I mean the Titans, I mean, I mean, thankfully they got Malik. I think Tan Hill's gone this season whether he be retired, he gets shipped out somewhere else. I think Malik will have the starting role next year, but you got to think he looked rough though himself. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they're doing. I know they, I think they, they got rid of Downing. I know they fired Downing their OC um, amongst, I think another three or four assistants. So they're really trying to clear house as the coaching staff goes. But I mean, if, if it were me in Tennessee, I'm trying to do an overcorrection, trying to hit the rebuild button fast. I wouldn't be opposed from to flip Derrick Henry. You can still get, some decent pieces for him. Absolutely. You could get decent pieces for him. And you brought this up the other day and it made me think about it because I don't really know what they're going to do with Ryan Tannehill. His cap, his, his, uh, cap hit according with his contract is really kind of tricky 
to the point that they're not saving that much against the actual hit that they're going to take if they release him or even trade him unless they can, you know, work out a compensation deal with another team like Atlanta. I think Atlanta would be a good possible fit for him with Arthur Smith being his former coordinator. But if they decide to just kind of try and run it and see if like there's a little juice left in this thing, my thought would be, I guess, stick with Derrick Henry. You're most likely going to get the production with him, but if you're losing, like if you lose like what, four out of the first five games or something and it just looks like trash, mm-hmm. yeah, ship him out. I don't think that he's long for that team either. And mm-hmm. you and you can get good picks. There will be a team that will need him. Like imagine him in Miami. Oh my gosh, with uh, Mike McDaniel's in that scheme. Oof. I will I'll ask you the this the because to me the Titans, I would argue that they were the most disappointing team outside of maybe the Colts, but I didn't really trust uh Matt Ryan too much to lead that team. Who was the most disappointing team of the year? I mean, you got to th- there's a there's a couple teams up there. Um but really it comes down to for me it comes down to really just like two or three of them um leading the charge is definitely the la rams i mean talk about a super bowl hangover for the rams oh i mean gosh. yeah they got bit by the injury bug you lose cooper cup halfway through the season but you know stafford looked very pedestrian i don't know what they were doing as far as play calling goes and it, they, they just looked to be playing from behind every game so i don't know what had happened there speaking of the rams let's talk about sean mcveigh real quick and these rumors, rumors, reports, and these these have been happening for a couple of years now that McVeigh is going to retire and go into broadcasting. Last year, it was reported by the uh, New York Post, I believe by Andrew Marshan, that he got offered five years, $100 million from Amazon to call Thursday Night Football. And he turned that down. He returned to the Rams. It's kind of hard. You're on a Super Bowl hangover. You're feeling it a little bit still. But I have to feel like he regrets it. And one of the latest reports was talking about just how tired he is and just how kind of exhausted he is right now. He's always he's spoken about how he doesn't plan to be a lifer like Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. He wants to get out and enjoy his family and recently got married a little bit, like I believe, right before the Super Bowl. But after that, his wife is from Ukraine and that the invasion of Ukraine happens uh, his grandfather passed. Then you come into the season. You're dealing with retirement rumors for Aaron Donald, for Matt Stafford. And then the team just goes to shit and it starts to fall apart. And now you're stuck on that. Could you realistically see him retiring temporarily? Cause I, I highly doubt that he would stay retired, but could you see it happening this year? I could. I, I agree with both uh, both those statements. I don't see him retiring forever, um, especially with him coming from a family that's been around the NFL since its inception. Essentially, yeah. I don't think he's ever going to go away. Definitely if he were to come maybe. back, I could I could see him coming back as like in like an office role, like a front office role somewhere. I don't see it. I don't see him coming back to be a coach because coaching takes a lot out of you. You know, it's 24 seven, 365. There's no summer vacations or anything like that. You're working constantly. And he's already been vocal, like you said, about you know, being burnt out and being done coaching. I mean, if somebody else comes knocking five years, $100 million contract to, to call games, yeah, I'm sure he'd take it. And, I mean, he's he's made it clear, and he's starting, I guess, to be this new generation of coaches. He's only 36. He's been with the Rams, it seems like, forever. Wild. He's only 36, and he's part of this new generation that's like, no, I'm not going to, you know, sleep in my office and not see my kids and shit, like Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs famously. Mm-hmm. 
when he was coaching Washington in the 80s and 90s, slept in the office, had a tape recorder at family dinners so he could hear what the conversations were and be a part of them later. Uh, you know, all these guys just not seeing their families. Jimmy Johnson regretted it hard. It's not worth it to Sean McVay. And he's kind of trying to find a work-life balance. But I guess you see after a while, it's kind of impossible in the NFL because somebody's going to need you at all times. Um, I think if he were to retire, and I'll ask you what you think his legacy is if he retires right now, but I would say that if he were to retire right now, it's an incredible business decision because if I'm sure that he can still get that kind of offer from some network, whether it be Amazon replacing Herbie or anybody trying to get him in on a booth, he could still get that big money, leave for a few years, enjoy much less stress, and then I think still have the respect and pedigree from his NFL career that he could get any coaching job he wants as soon as he's ready to come back. He could do just like Bill Cowher, John Gruden, how John Gruden would do this kind of every year while he was the Monday Night Football mm -hmm. commentator. Any job he wants, they would open it up for him. And by the way, Apparently, Sean McVay and John Gruden have the same agent, or they have the same oh, agent. John Gruden doesn't have them anymore. But <laughs> this, this well, is didn't he come up path. through Gruden's coaching tree? Like, wasn't he like an assistant, like a like a junior assistant or something like that in Tampa when he was there? Yep. And he sounds like right. John Gruden. Right. Kind of, if you hear him and everything, he's got that he's got that weird John Gruden inflection that I'm a little self conscious to try and do an impression <laughs> of right now. <laughs> but what do what, me? What do you think his legacy would be? If he were to retire today, no, I think you're right. Uh, I don't. He's. I don't think he's gonna. He would burn any bridges. Needless, like I mean, he's doing it the. He's doing it the right way. He brought the NFL back to LA to the threshold. You know, they got that championship. He's in the Super Bowl season last year. You know, he got a lot of eyes and a lot of fans excited in LA again after you know decades of no team being there. Um, I think it'd be a little bit different if he hasn't hadn't been so vocal about potentially walking away from this even before the Super Bowl season. Um, I think if he were to walk away, people would uh, just completely understand that, you know, they saw the writing on the wall years ago. So you, you talked about burning bridges and I want to move on to somebody who definitely burned a bridge, not only just burned a bridge, but it was one of those slow motion, wa it. slow motion walkaways while the bridge <laughs> explodes. Lovey Smith. Oh, I love it. Bears legend. Lovey Smith. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> He went for the two-point conversion against Indianapolis. Went for the win there at the end. Said, fuck Listen. it. Fuck it. Fire me anyway. Fuck it. Cost Houston the number one pick that will not love it. Chicago. I love it. He, <laughs> once, a, once a bear, always a bear. This guy, I love, he, he already knew he was going to get fired. Yeah. No matter if he won the game or lost the game. He knew but, it last year when he got hired. If you could, if, if, if I'm in his shoes, I'm internalizing, I'm, and I know everything I know, you know, we're currently slated to get the number one pick Chicago's right behind us. Chicago doesn't nearly need a quarterback, but Houston does. What can I do to really fuck over Houston? Let's lose this game on purpose. So now you have Chicago who controls the whole draft now. Yeah. And that's insane. Whatever Chicago can do, not only, and this is big for Emily, this is big for her. Whatever Chicago can do, they have the number one pick in the draft. They have over $100 million in open cap space and nobody really to resign of importance. They have their franchise quarterback, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. They believe in Justin Fields. 
they can do whatever they want right now to dramatically improve, whether that's, I think, foolishly take a player at number one, or you get a haul. You could get mm-hmm. a haul of picks from somebody to get up there like Carolina or Indianapolis trying to get their quarterback. Wow. Good I mean, I wouldn't even be I wouldn't even be shocked if Houston did something as silly as trading with Chicago to try to flip places. But you got to think about how much Houston would have to give up. I know. Yeah. From two to one. Any of these teams, from, any of these teams are going to have to give up a ton with how hot it's going to be to try and get a quarterback. I, and I imagine Houston's not in a bad place. They're still going to get one of either mm-hmm. CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. And I don't think that you can go too wrong with either of them if that's what Houston chooses to do. I, I still fully believe that Houston is a as as talent deprived enough that they can go best player available, take somebody like Will Anderson there at number two, and still be shit next year enough to get to the number one pick and get Caleb Williams from USC. My thing is though, like in the first, especially like in the first round, it, I think it really comes down to I don't I don't see any trades happening anytime soon. I think yeah. it's going to happen a lot, a lot closer to the draft. I think a lot of these teams are going to wait to the pro days to go through. They're going to wait for the NFL combines to come through. They're going to wait till their interview interviews are done. But I mean, if you just look from the top down of that first round of what teams, where they're placed, and who needs a quarterback right now, Houston does. They're at two. Indianapolis does. They're at four. Yep. Sin- Seattle, as much as I love Geno Smith. He, he's also yeah. could retire any day now. Yeah, they need a quarterback. Uh, Detroit, I think Detroit's really leaning on golf now. I think their GM came out stating that like he is the the franchise quarterback. You know, he he did a lot to prove himself that last game. Crazy. So count them out. Raiders, Raiders could potentially need a quarterback if yeah. they if they get rid of Carr. Mm-hmm. The Falcons might need need a quarterback because you know Desmond Ritter is not looking hot right now, and Mariota is now hurt again. You got the Panthers at nine who need a quarterback. You have the Texans that come back up get again at 12, the yep. Jets at 13 who need a quarterback, the Packers, they might need a quarterback depending on what happens to Aaron Rodgers. And then you got the commanders at 16. Yep. Like you have all these teams need quarterbacks and anybody could jump up. Anybody can. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. You brought up Detroit. I got a question for you. What's the question? So Chicago needs edge rushers and D linemen, correct? I think that's correct. Yeah. That's probably their biggest need in all line. But that's the As, to take out. Being, being a Commanders fan, uh, would you trade this year's first of 16 in Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen to get that first pick to get a quarterback? 100%. 100%. Okay. I can okay. say that loudly. I don't care who it is. <laughs> I'll, trade, I'll trade both of them. I'll trade both. <laughs> to get number you, one and get, a, and get an actual legit quarterback? If you could trade... If you could well, Deron Payne's up due for a contract this year, right? Yeah, and that's why that's why I think that it would tag him and trade him. I don't. I in, I mean, you you put it with your first pick. If you put it with sixteen, and I'm assuming probably next year's first. So you're essentially trading away three first round picks, including the player, Deron Payne, sixteen, and another first to get up to number one. I think that's worth it. I think that's worth it, especially if you're planning to be competitive next year. Fuck the pick next year. It's what the Rams did, and I and I right. do agree with the fuck the picks method. If you're planning to be competitive, who cares about your picks next year? If you fuck up, you fuck up. You'll get fired. It's okay. You 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 went for it at least. Yeah, why not? Why not? I would go for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, one of the two. I think both of them would put us over the edge here. Uh, I mean, that's a better trade than the dudes in the barbershop that I heard talking about their hypothetical oh, trades for Lamar oh. Jackson. 
Let me tell oh, you. God. Oh, what God. My barber said. This was his trade for uh, Lamar Jackson from Baltimore. And I'll look right at you. I'll look at everybody with this. This year's first, and Antonio Gibson, and maybe a fourth for Lamar Jackson. Baltimore's laughing. Baltimore's <laughs> hanging the phone up. They're just hanging the phone up and laughing at you. They're never going to take a phone call from you ever again if you offer that. Antonio Gibson puts it over. That's Give what Brian it does. Robinson, it puts it over. I know he can survive a gunshot wound, but come on now. Like Antonio Gibson gets hurt every other week. Loki, I love Brian Robinson, but I would not mind if he got traded or anything just so I don't have to hear that fucking thing every week. Five <laughs> minutes into the game. It's like, well, he survived two gunshots. I know. Everybody knows. <laughs> How would you feel about if they did that same trade? The commanders did that trade. They ended up getting the number one overall pick, and they just turned it around and flipped it again to somebody else. <laughs> that would be That would be interesting. That's playing... I guess that would be a case of playing chess when everybody else is playing like Connect Four. So you don't really know what game's being played. <laughs> I'll call Rivera. I'll get in line with with uh with Ron. Get him and Marty. We'll get on this. You brought up oh, Jared Goff, new franchise quarterback, which is crazy to think about that the comeback that he's had here in Detroit. We talk about Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions and felt rough for them. I was I was very much hoping for Seattle to lose, not only because I picked LA <gasps> in that game, but I was hoping for Seattle to lose just so it would make the game on Sunday night between the Packers and the Lions much more exciting. And Seattle won. They got into the playoffs, but there was still some incentive and maybe more incentive than ever for Detroit, which was Detroit's eliminated from the playoffs, but Green Bay can win and get into the playoffs here. So Detroit had to come out, and with all their grit, all that Dan Man Campbell grit, said, fuck that. If we're going to hell, we're dragging you with us. And everything about that performance from the Lions was badass. We need them on primetime more. Because everything from the start, from their intros, we had the Jamal Williams nerdgasm intro. (laughs) On Sunday Night Football, the first time the Lions have gotten to do it in years. First swag, Kazakage, leader of the hidden village of the demon. <laughs> that is first swag, Kazakage, while he was wearing Naruto gear, too, at the same I time. I love it. Oh, he's the best. First swag, Kazakage, leader of the hidden village of the demon. Of the demon. <laughs> and then they it. had an end game. They do that stupid end game interview with the coach, like right after, you know, the first quarter or something. They talk to the, you know, whatever coach. And none of them ever take it seriously. All of them always just bullshit and give regular coach speak. But this time, Sunday Night Football's uh, sideline reporter got a hold of Dan the Man Campbell. And that man took that shit seriously. Team found out shortly before kickoff that you were eliminated from the playoffs. We have seen some huge defensive plays. How motivated are you guys? Yeah, we just, we don't want them to go. So that's our motivation. So we're ready. We're trying to play. We're trying to finish this game and see if we can make some plays on both sides of the ball, special teams. And uh, that's our objective. Again, I will ask you, because you can feel the grit and intensity off of his voice just in the interview. Imagine you talk. We talk about his job security. Imagine trying to fire Dan Gamble. No, you sit. No. You sit at the table off uh, across from him. 
I'm, I'm telling you, he's somebody that sits at the table with his fists clenched on the table, no matter what. White knuckled all the time. White knuckled, yeah, <laughs> and just staring at you, pulsating heat and macho. No, I'm not firing him. It's got to be a Zoom call in a way no. a different state. And I am actually really happy to see the complete turnaround in Detroit. I mean, they started the season, what, one in seven? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going into that first game against Green Bay. And ever since they got that win, they ended the season eight and two. Yeah. Finished you nine know, and, and seven. And I got to think about, too, like the Jared Goff had really, really solid numbers this year. I mean, top five quarterback probably overall, you know, 4,400 yards passing, 29 touchdowns, seven picks, you know, 61% QBRs. I mean, he, he played his ass off this season. In an offense that's built to win. You got a team that's built to win for the long haul because you got a young, you know, what was that, Amon Ra St. Brown's second year? That's mm-hmm. the second year. That's Pene Suel's second year. He's finally, he's looking exactly what so many people thought he was going to look like coming out of college, the uh, right tackle there. Their O-line's yep. great. You got two great running backs in DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. And Jamal Williams, that dude, he will get you two yards whenever you need two yards. He will get you three. He'll get you three yards when you need two yards. And he'll get you that touchdown right there. But that <laughs> that is a dude I would run through a damn wall for. His energy, his personality, his charisma, his leadership out there. And this was him during the post-game interview, which was also badass. Everything about this Lions team was badass. Playing football and do this for him. So there's a lot of memories, a lot of emotion happening right now, but I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to be able to play this game for my great-grandfather, and I'm glad that he's looking down on me. I know I'm making him proud. You said this ball's for him? Yeah, this is for him. Another thing, stop playing us, man. We made, we the Detroit Lions. <laughs> We the Detroit Lions stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV, but I heard everybody already picked their picked the Packers over us. Stop. Got nothing but dog in him. He's got- <laughs> no, I love it. And with the amount of picks that they have this first round of coming up, they got the the pick from the Rams that's early on, and they got the pick that they have like you know, halfway down the the first round. A lot of people were kind of you know really scratching their head about trading away. Hawkinson at this point. Right. But you got to think about how many other pieces that they already have on that offense. If they're able to get one of these young tight ends out of the draft, like Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, who's easily a top 10 prospect overall in this, in this year's draft. I mean, that's an easy reload at that point for them. And we keep forgetting that they have Jamison Williams there, their first round pick who was you know Mm -hmm. hampered by injury, but he's, he keeps showing you those flashes he did during that game. Dude is just a demon. And he's going to be opposite Amon Ross St. Brown and the uh, whatever Dan Campbell called him, the spider monkey, Josh Reynolds. Well, it's like, and you got to rem- remember, you got DJ Chark still there. And, yeah, that's right. You know, DJ Chark is a very stable wide receiver. You saw what he was doing down in Jacksonville for as many years as he was doing. And then you even have DeAndre Swift, who keeps just getting hurt and he just can't see the field ever. Mm-hmm. That's true. No, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch them and watching the Packers lose that love it and lose to Detroit after and they came and Detroit came with receipts they played all the Aaron Rodgers clips of him (laughs) shitting on Detroit right after it and we'll get more into that in a second but I would nominate one of the funniest moments from NFL week 18 to be the report of Lions coaches were getting into an elevator in the stadium and screaming out what is a can't lose to them wouldn't want to lose to them. 
talking about Aaron Rodgers' quote against uh, talking about losing to Detroit. And Packers <laughs> coaches walked by and they screamed out, very classy, real classy, guys. Real classy way to win. And one of them, as the elevator was closing, screamed out, that's what your quarterback said. <laughs> Fuck the Packers and Rodgers. And I love it. Time. I it's am great. here all for it. But I will well, and especially you got to look at the NFC North now as just as a whole. You mean you got you got the Vikings who are gonna are gonna be great. Yeah, you got the Lions who are gonna be, you know, sustain the success going into next season. The the Bears now are on an upward trend, thankfully, yeah. by the grace of Lovey Smith. And you got the Packers. What the fuck are they doing? That's another one of these teams that are really just are disappointing this year. Like, what are they doing? And I want to dive into them. I do want to ask you first though, what while talking about funny moments of the weekend, and I'll, and I'll get to another great one in a second involving the Packers, but I will ask you, what was the funnier moment? The Chiefs and their ring around the rosy play where that got that heated up the rest of the AFC West, talking about how they wanted to just sack the shit out of them. And they're lucky Max Crosby didn't get pissed off. They're lucky he was confused. But they did ring around the rosy and then scored a touchdown on it that only got called back because of holding. Or... Joe Flacco's moment of terror near the end of Dolphins Jets, which was absolute shit, absolute dog shit of a game that I watched the entire thing for some reason. I don't know why it was three, three for an hour, then six, six for an hour. And then eventually the Dolphins won nine to six, but then it wound up being 11 to six. And it only became 11 to six because they did one of those lateral, you know, those stupid desperation lateral things at the very end of the game. And horrifyingly funny was Joe Flacco during the lateral play. The lateral came back to him and there was no one else behind him. And you, everybody in the stadium could just feel the tear pulsating off of Joe Flacco. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck. <to do. laughs> Everybody's right. <laughs> and he just fucking, he's like, he's like, fuck it. Throws it. <laughs> Everything. Behind it just lets no. Miami get it. <laughs> I'm going to have to put that one ahead of the chiefs as being the funnier moment, because you expect something like that from the chiefs, right? You know, that's just one of those plays that you see happen in the NFL all the time. The Joe Flacco has no business leaving that pocket <laughs> at, at no, he has, there's he, no reason ever he, to leave that pocket unless he needs to get out there and throw it away. That's he, the only thing he needs to do. He was only standing back there because he just thought the ball can't possibly get run back all the <laughs> way back to here. It can't come back to me. <laughs> well, and I think to add insult to injury, especially for Joe Flacco personally about that football game, I mean, his son came to the game in a Tyreek Hill jersey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even wear he didn't even wear his dad's jersey on the to the game. He wore a Dolphins jersey. Everything was rough. <laughs> Poor Joe. But I will bring I, bring him back to Baltimore. That's what I want to see happen. I want to see the Ram, the Ravens trade Lamar Jackson to somebody for a bunch of stuff and then just re-sign Flacco. Let me tell you, it's weird about Flacco because I'm watching that game and obviously he looks like he doesn't want to be out there half the time. But then <laughs> just out of nowhere, dude is running in his own end zone. It's like, I think like four or it's like three, third and 12. And somewhere in the fourth quarter, he's running almost out of the end zone. And he just makes this like wrist, like little wrist throw for a first down to Garrett Wilson. I was like, where the fuck did that? He looked like Mahomes. <laughs> There were like three plays in that game that he looked like Patrick Mahomes. I was like, this is why he got all that money from Baltimore. <laughs> and he just doesn't care. That's why it doesn't come out all the time. <laughs> He's Joe Tuchel. 
Well, it's like if, if the Jets could just merge all of their three starting quarterbacks into one, they'd actually have something competent. I mean, you got Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco, all of which passed for at least over 1,000 yards. I think Zach Wilson passed for about 16, 1,700 yards. But, I mean, if you could just merge all of them into one, you'd be okay. But the Jets are just – I don't know what the hell's going on there. You would also merge them into, like, one of the most Aryan individuals of all time. I was about to say super white. <laughs> <Yeah>, super, <laughs> super white. Mike super white. <laughs> <laughs> I will close out our, some of our NFL talk. We'll get close to the close with what I think is another funny moment. Going back to the Packers and their disappointment. Alan Lazard, one of their top receivers there, it's – he, I was going to say most likely his final season with Green Bay. He made it very clear at the end of the game that it is his final, that that was his final game as a Packer. Mm-hmm. And he had this very incredibly honest goodbye to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. This will obviously be a difficult offseason. Do you expect 12 to be back in the fold next year? I don't fucking know, shit. I don't know where I'm going to be at. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to say goodbye. And just fuck Rodgers. He does like we're already getting these rumors. I will just say oh. this: fuck this dude because he has the stupid little comments after the game. He's ending it considering retirement again. This is like the third or fourth year in a row. He's he makes sure to walk out of the tunnel with Randall Cobb. Like this is going to be the last time they walk out of this tunnel. That was a picture. That was just for a photo op. Jamal Williams came up to him. He wanted to swap jerseys. He's like, I'm. A, he's like, I think I want to hold on to this one. I think I want to hold on to this one. He does this every year. Every year he pulls this shit just for attention. Is there any chance that we actually lose him? No. I th- I think it would be for the benefit of Green Bay to get rid of him. Right. Honestly. No, I think that's what's holding it back a lot. I think he's just been... Because at first, you felt bad for Aaron Rodgers and what Green Bay was doing and not really giving these pieces. But, you know, he's just turned into such a villain in the last two three seasons i couldn't gotta couldn't care two two more shits about aaron Rodgers at this point just go the fuck away i really think it's their benefit because you talked about minnesota is going to be good for a long time detroit is on the up and up chicago has a very real chance of being great next year i think they could i have early consideration for surprise team of the year green bay you have a 39 year old quarterback who's going to be 40 in the offseason why the fuck keep that going why not trade him for picks open up your cap space, roll with Jordan Love. Just see what you get. You got two more years of him when you include the fifth-year option. Just roll with him. You think they would entertain an offer from the Raiders for Carr? I think so. You know what? I think that would actually be a really good trade. You have Rodgers and Devontae Adams reunited in, in, in Las Vegas? Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Maybe Devontae Adams is happy. I don't know if he actually likes That'll help sell some tickets. Who actually, the, uh, Vegas. Who, who actually likes Aaron Rodgers? We heard, what was it, Brett Hundley, I think, the former backup quarterback there in Green Bay, talking about Mm -hmm. how the first thing when he got into the team meeting, he got into the quarterback room. First thing, no, hi, how are you? Happy to see you here from Aaron Rodgers. Nothing. First thing Aaron Rodgers said to him, you think 9-11 happened? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it did happen. I see it. I I saw it. It it happened. What was concerning for Hundley was he said it was a three-hour conversation after that. And he said it made he said it made him think about some things. I don't <laughs> like, go, go back to room. South America and go drink your ayahuasca, whatever. <laughs> no, but I will say before we move on, I will say what I feel was the funniest moment 
from this past week. And I know you'll appreciate this, but when the giants tried running their QB sneak from their own four yard line at third on third and nine Uh on the second, in the second quarter, like that was just why, why would you even attempt that? (laughs) They just fuck it. Just fuck it at this point. Who were they? Who were they? Who did they trot out in that game? It was like uh, I forgot who what fucking quarterback oh, I haven't the, seen in years. It was like David name? something or Davis something. Doesn't matter honestly. Because well, now I need to know. I think he's going to be able to sleep tonight. I think he's their third string quarterback because Tyrod Tyrod Taylor is their number two, and Giants don't give a shit at any more at any point for this. Mm-mm. Who fucking cares? Ugh. Week eighteen. That's week eighteen for you. Nothing but backup quarterbacks. And then the teams that probably should have been, you know, starting backups like Dallas, the Chargers. I don't know what Brandon Davis Staley. Webb. Davis Webb. Ugh. The Chargers. Did you see that? Had no reason to be playing anybody. They're clinched for the, whatever spot they were going to be in. And Mike Williams gets hurt because they're playing him deep into the third quarter. And then they kept Justin Herbert into like the fourth. They're silly. Just silly. Real quick. Black Monday happened. NFL coaching firings. I thought it would be more to talk about, but really no surprises. You had the Browns defensive coordinator, Joe Woods get fired. Uh, Like you said, Titans offensive coordinator, Todd Downing was fired. Commanders OC Scott Turner fired. And then in terms of head coaches, Lovey Smith was fired a couple hours after winning that game because he won the game. That's why you fire him. And that's no surprise. We call it that at the start of the season that that was going to happen, but it is still wild to see two consecutive one and done coaches in Houston. And they were both black, both black. And they didn't care. They don't care about the optics. They're like, fuck it. We'll eat it for a couple of weeks. And then we'll, you know, mm-hmm. attempt to hire D'Amico Ryan's who I predict is going to end up there, but you have lovey done. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury fired in Arizona. After it. you just signed that extension over the summertime, that's what's wild. Fuck the extension. That's just there just for optics. Just go back to college. He does. He needs to take a vacation and get his looks back because I always thought he looked like Ryan Gosling and the NFL stressed him. Oh, the God. Fuck. The NFL stressed him the fuck out because that dude does not look good anymore. He is not. He is not on my top five list of handsome coaches in the NFL. Aw, poor Cliff. <laughs> He'll get back there. He just needs a good, like, Cabo vacation. <laughs> but... Any surprises from the firing process? Are there any coaches that you could see still getting fired here? With a, you know, I think we have playoff week coming up, and honestly, your game, Bucks Cowboys, could be a game. It could be a game for your job. Yeah, I think <laughs> uh, either either team on that one, both Mike McCarthy in Dallas, and then you got Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay. I think I would not be I would not be shocked at all. Whoever, whatever team loses that game, they fire their coach. It really is like Sean, Sean Payton was talking about, he thinks like 70%. I like that on Fox. They were asking him just candidly, what are you going to do next year? Everything. Are you going to be back at Fox? And he said about 70% chance that he's back at Fox. I think he's one good Tom Brady throw away from being the Dallas Cowboys head coach next year. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Any final thoughts from the NFL weekend? Um, Before we get into this God awful top five. <laughs> I'm looking forward to all the coin flips potentially for the playoffs. That's going to be fun. Oh yeah. For the home field, home field advantage stuff. That's going to be a mess. We'll oh, talk about God. that later. Oh That's my gosh. That's we'll get, we'll get to that for right now though. Let's get to one of the more disgusting top fives we've ever uh... had to do because this comes from the Duke's Mayo bowl in college football of getting mayonnaise, mayonnaise 
dumped onto your head when you win. This is the top five worst foods, condiments, or drinks to have dumped on your head. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the three, two, threes top five. Oh, shit. Here we go again. That's right. This is the 323's Top 5. And we have music behind us now. We can actually hear it. Before, it was just edited in. But now we actually have it with us. So, are you ready for this Top 5, Scott Elia? I'm as ready as I ever be, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's see how it goes Ugh. i'll start with I'm, inter- I'm interested to know if me and you have anything similar that's what i'm more interested about okay well then we'll go we'll go together then we'll go tip for fi- tat? yeah tip for tat tip for okay yeah okay so number five um i'll go ahead and start because i always like to get yours last on here number five okay. for me i have soggy cereal yeah yeah because we talked about we were talking about the tony the tiger bowl (laughs) if you get like a whole bowl of frosted flakes dumped on your head with milk you got to do it immediately you got to have that crunch that crunch frosted flakes hitting your top of your head can't have a giant pile of mush hit you like Clayface from the batman movies scott your number five my number five is gonna be something called king syrup reed you know what king syrup is I don't even know whether to play the fanfare first for this King Syrup. It is, think about molasses on steroids. Like, uh-huh. it is a much higher sugar content than molasses, but it's like this thick, goopy, molasses, maple syrupy kind of liquid. And I feel like, no, it doesn't matter how many showers you're taking. You're never clean that after never that. Come, that will never come off. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a good one. Well, I'll give you one that I think would be hard to come off. Number four. Pickle juice. Ugh. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! You really would. You no. really would. You would smell like Gross. pickles for days. I, oh, I hate it. I'm not even crazy about pickles. How do you feel about There are some people that fucking love pickles. I'm indifferent against pickles. Now, if you ask the children, the youngest one loves pickles. You know who loves we'll pickles? We pickles all day. White girls. White girls love pickles. It's on brand. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Number, I hear Emily yelling something in defense of pickles. Does she like pickles? <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you're number four. Uh, number four, I am going to stay on pace with the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and I'm going to go with ketchup. I hate ketchup, and I uh, would hate being dumped with ketchup. Uh, ketchup would be rough, but I, uh, could deal, I could deal with it. I could like no. ketchup, because then you'd feel like Carrie during the prom scene or whatever prom court scene I just feel like your skin down. well I gotta worry about this not so much you but I feel like my skin would get dyed red if I got dumped with a bunch of ketchup I feel like it would, I feel like it's good and then you. I get canceled for red face and I, I can't no no I can't we can't do, do that no no we're commanders now we're not that we don't do that left, left hand up <laughs> number three for me I'm stealing from the Duke's Mayo Bowl and I'm going with Mayo ooh uh. Mayo or Miracle Whip? Ooh. Which is worse? Ooh, what is worse, actually? The tangy zip of Miracle Whip. I would take the tangy zip of Miracle Whip. With straight mayonnaise coming out of a jar looks awful. Oh. Looks awful. I didn't used to like it, but now I like it on 
bread, and I don't know if that's the white in me or the black in me. I can't tell who likes. I don't know. There's a stereotype the for somebody, but maybe everybody likes mayo. Well, it's like undercover brother with the uh, the mayonnaise on the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can see brother. that. Now, are you talking about like Dukes or like Hellman's mayonnaise, or are you talking about like the all natural? Like you have to shake up the bottle to like incorporate the the oil and. I'm I'm talking eggs. about a good jar. Oh, good, gross. like one of those good yucky yeah full jars of mayo <laughs> yuck 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 number three scott uh i'm gonna go with um i feel like you would have to blend it up first because if you got dumped with this in your head i think it might hurt you a little bit but ground up durian for those at home who don't know what durian fruit is it's the world it's one of those world's stinkiest fruits oh it smells God. like rotting animals Come and i feel like this is produce. This is produce yep. manager and assistant going at it. Yep. Oh, Darian's a deep cut. That's yep. a good one. If uh. if no one knows what Darian is, if you have a, like an Asian market or anything like that anywhere nearby your house, just go in there and go and go look for it. And just go smell it really quick. No. Number two for me, I'm gonna go with hot sauce. Ooh. Any kind of hot sauce. I mean, not all hot sauces are hot. Not all hot sauces are equally hot. Some are hotter than others. Some are just, you know, tasty. Not really any spice to it. But any of them, I think, would fuck up your eyes. And you can be wearing goggles, but I don't trust goggles. I still feel like some something's going to seep through or the smell or something will get to you. I feel like mm -hmm. hot sauce would be just torture. Torture mm -hmm. to have dumped on your head. And you just look like a giant buffalo wing. Oh, God. Which I found out, those aren't an actual thing in Buffalo. Wing? Buffalo wings? Really? Like, they just, first off, they're just wings, because they're in Buffalo. So it's just oh, like Chinese fuck food. Off. Like Chinese food, you go to China, it's food. But <laughs> 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 Buffalo, the Buffalo wings, they don't even throw the sauce on it. They don't, they don't like sauceless wings. They like sauceless wings. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Gross. Weird. Number two Weird. for you, Scott. Uh, number two, I'm going to agree with you. I'm also going to go with hot sauce. I think hot sauce would be a terrible, terrible situation. You know, you got, like you said, the goggles. It doesn't matter. You're going to get that in your eyes. You can get it under your fingernails. You can get it in your cuts. But I Googled the, what is the hottest hot sauce in the world for 2022. Oh, shit. And it's a hot, hot sauce called Mad Dog 357 Plutonium Number 9. Ooh. And it comes in at 9 million Scoville units gonna have you screaming like this <laughs> i have a mad dog sauce actually somewhere that i got my i got my dad this gift like years back and it was a bottle of mad dog hot sauce at the time was the hottest in the world and it even came with a bullet because the Ooh. bullet is the recommended amount that you put in anything that's like the highest right. that you should go and after you do it, you can then use the bullet to kill yourself because of how hot oh, the, God. Heat, the heat is. <laughs> well, just for those at home who don't know what a Scoville unit is, that is the measure they use for peppers on spiciness. A bell pepper is zero. Bell peppers are spicy. Yep. Um, I don't think anyone will find those spicy. Griffin. But to put Griffin's sister. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, to put in comparison, that hot sauce is at 9 million Scoville units. A jalapeno, a good jalapeno will kick you in the ass. And that's only 2,500 to 8,000 Scoville units. So do with that what you please. Do your math at that one. And if you have acid reflux like me, your ass is grass, buddy. Yep. <laughs> You're done. I mean, I think pepper spray is only like 5 million. So it's, 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 
it's spicier than pepper spray. <laughs> you know what? We keep talking. People keep talking about defund the police. Like, if you just gave the police like a pocket full of habanero peppers or ghost peppers or something, just like, <laughs> throw it and everything, like mush them up a little bit and throw it at people, you'd be doing just as effective work. Yeah. Number what? one for me. A little anticlimactic because you already had it on your top five, but I'm rolling with it here. And I guess I can go with a specific brand. I'm going to say, though, for right now, syrup. And if I have to go for the specific brand, I'm going to go with my favorite one, Log Cabin. Ooh. I go with Log Cabin syrup. That shit does not get off of you. And you are feeling it for a while. It feels like super glue almost. Oh, I cannot imagine having an entire Gatorade bucket of log cabin syrup dumped on me no i'm right there with you i can i guess i'm in the i'm gonna have to try log cabin maple syrup because i haven't tried it oh it's um, delicious. i am currently heated for, up for for any sponsors out there uh-huh. they're in the maple syrup game i'm currently my dms are open i will rep whatever maple syrup you got listen because the best brand there ever was ever will be is no longer around what was it? Aunt Jemima was my favorite maple syrup of all time. Well, they are. There still, a, I mean, they are still. No, Pearl Milling now. Company. No, Pearl fuck Milling. Pearl Milling Company. No, <laughs> fuck them. No, Aunt Jemima from. No, she she needs to come back. There were so many times where growing up as a little child and I'm sitting at the table with my waffles, my pancakes. My parents are already at work. My brothers are running around and I'm sitting there having a nice, quiet breakfast moment with Aunt Jemima. And you took her away from me. You took her away. Who am I? Who am I going to decompress to now? Pearl Mill and Company. I love the power of this uncancelable Scotty Ilya as <laughs> the white man on behalf of bringing back Aunt Jemima. <laughs> like, and, and, no, and I don't want to hear anything about that Mrs. Butterworth bullshit. No, <laughs> she's a sellout. She's thick. no, she's thick. Because if you put Butterworth, Mrs. Butterworth up against Aunt Jemima in a street fight, Aunt Jemima's winning that one thousand percent of the well, time. Yeah, duh. Yeah, I mean she bring has her to. back. Yeah, bring her back. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag bring Auntie back. I like it. I like it. And like you said, any spot, any syrups, low. I don't give a shit if you're like the Dollar Tree's like fifty cent syrup and whatever brand you are, like Uncle Uncle. I was going to say Uncle Ruckus's syrup. That's the one that's still <laughs> hanging around. <laughs> Nick Offerman's top brand syrup or something. Some some shit. As long as you aren't repped by like Matt Gates too, we'll take you on. We'll take the syrup on. Any syrup brand. Come to us. We'll make you big. Promise that. What do we have over here? Until we bring Aunt Jemima, Jemima back. That's, that's a good... You want to go go with that again? That was, that's a nominee. What do we have over here? Uncle Ruckus, you have any other quotes you want to try? Nope. <laughs> Not while it's recording. <laughs> Number one, Scott. Close us out before you get canceled for real. Well, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go now to the whitest food that I know. It's called Sir Strumming. It is a fermented fish from the Scandinavian countries and it is one of the world's stinkiest foods. Nope. What's the name of that again? Sir Strumming. It's a fer- fermented It sounds like Stetson Bennett the Force. Oh, God. <laughs> Sir Strumming Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that france clip reminds me of what um when howard dean came on and went yeah! 
That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> oh, I missed I, that. I I guarantee you, if you're able to, if you're able to just get that clip and play it after the after the France girl, it you couldn't you couldn't distinguish between the two. They're the same. Oh my god! I wonder what the magic of editing is going to bring. <laughs> oh, for now. Scotty Ilya, thank you for being here for another edition of The Hangover, the end of college football, the end of the NFL regular season. We will be back. We will be back, though, very shortly. You won't miss us for too long. We're coming back with picks. Luis Martinez, Big Chief Burrito. He's joining. We have a celebrity picker. He'll be here. We're going to be doing that. That show will be out on Friday. You will see us again for now. For Scotty Ilya, for the France girl, for Aunt Jemima, I am your host, Reed Murphy. Again, you can find the show and me anywhere on social media at 323-R-E-I-D. Yeah, patreon.com. The 323 Network on YouTube, 100% for sure. If you're listening, you need to watch us and watch our reactions and watch that Miss World Tournament at the beginning. It's all great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, For the 323, see you later, everybody. Stay safe. Take us out, France. (laughs) 